welcome to Fan Picked Fan Fix. Today we are reading Fortune Favors the Gold by Vigilante Dekus on Archive of Our Own. Its word count is 13,423 words with seven chapters, last updated August 9th, 2019. Let's give this author some love and get into more about this fic. Fortune Favors the Gold is a crossover between Percy Jackson and the Olympians and My Hero Academia. Izuku's dad is a god and he uses his demigod powers as if they were a quirk. It is absolutely amazing and it gives a reasonable explanation for Deku's dad being gone for so long. The plot is super interesting and I love it. I love the relationship between all of the characters. And honestly, it just makes me want to hug Deku so, 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 so much. I absolutely adore this fic and I remember reading it as it was updating. I would read it at like three in the morning before shifts at McDonald's and I would just be so happy reading it and every time it updated I would get so excited because ah update! So let's bring that excitement to you and read the first chapter! Let's get into reading Fortune Favors the Gold. Summary All men are not created equal, but what the world doesn't know is that this time, Izuku Midori is the one above them, because some people have powerful quirks, and some have godly blood running through their veins. Percy Jackson SKU, not complete, just marked it. Chapter 1 The school bell rings for the last time in the day, and Izuku is already out the door. If he stays, Kachan will blow a gasket and accuse Izuku of trying to follow him around. But Izuku is no fool, and he knows Kachan pushes him away because it's his twisted way of guaranteeing Izuku's safety. It's still a shitty thing he does, and he knows his mom would be so upset if she knew about it. It's best to avoid it all like he has been doing for the past 10 years. So he leaves early, because if he stays, Kachan will throw a fit. If he stays, people will start whispering about him. It's annoying and disheartening, though he really should be used to it. People have whispered about Izuku Midoriya since before he was four. The first whispers were about how unfortunate it was not to have a father. The, ha the neighborhood gossipers make a big deal about it. Poor, poor fatherless Izuku. We'll raise him to be a man now. Inko, his mom, may be lucky to be rid of her abusive husband, but still. Izuku will be fatherless for years to come. He once asked why she had married Hisashi in the first place, but she had just said something about masking a spell and continued to wash the dishes. The second whispers at four years old are about his diagnosis. Quirkless. It's a nasty word, at least to Izuku, that it's hissed between parents or yelled at him from his fellow children. It's something sharp and twisted that digs under Izuku's skin every time it's uttered. If Izuku had a knife, he would name it Quirkless. All men are not created equally, and Izuku has known this for always. The third whispers are about the suitor his mom began seeing, but the neighborhood gossipers don't know about this handsome man who arrives at their doorstep on Izuku's seventh birthday holding a miniature pagoa is that he is Izuku's birth father. He introduced himself to Izuku as Bishamonten, one of the seven gods of fortune, the warrior god but asked Suzuku to call him dad. 
Pishamonten spends the day at their house, explaining what it means for Izuku to be half-mortal son of a god. Yes, he says when Izuku asks, there are other half-gods in the world, but none of the Japanese gods. Most of them have faded or withdrawn from humanity with the era of quirks. But there are gods from other pantheons who have stayed more present, who have children. His father gives Izuku an intuitive Yari spear that turns into an uncapped pen when he first holds it, but will later become a hairpin to stick in Izuku's ponytail. The god gives Inko the address of a demigod-run dojo, promises to visit the same time next month, and disappears. The fourth whispers are about the changes Izuku goes through after his seventh birthday. He slowly becomes more confident himself, and doesn't cry at the drop of a hat. Kachan and his bully friends find out that Izuku can fight when they gang up on him, only to have their asses thoroughly handed to them as soon as Izuku picks up a sturdy branch from nearby. He begins to visibly become muscular as time passes as well, mostly from the barrage of mythical creatures he has to deal with now. A majority of them aren't even Japanese. Most of the creatures from his pantheon are either polite when treated correctly, or either scared away by his fortune gold Yari, and he spends just as much time researching them as he does fighting them. Speaking of the monsters, most of the attacks happen after school on his way home. A few in Posa have infiltrated his school on occasion, though. They're mistaken as stray villains or out-of-control quirk uses a lot, so Izuku always tries to get them away from crowded places for the most part. He doesn't like to be mistaken for a vigilante. The pack of Jokane are staring at him from across the road. Don't seem like they'll do him the favor of getting out of the public eye. There are five of them, but one is obviously the leader. Izuku glances around, makes eye contact with the leader for a moment, then turns and runs into an alley next to the small grocery store that he had been standing in front of. The Jokane are sure to follow, but Izuku has a few moments to pull a golden penny from his bag and stash it. The hoodie is a gift from his Yari instructor, a Greek demigod named Ethan, that is woven from imperial gold. It functions to hide his hair and protect him from the most piercing damage. The Draconic come to stop before the alleyway he's waiting in as he ties a red bandana to cover his lower face. He has his back towards them, waiting to expand his Yari for now. Half-blood scum, the leader hisses from behind him. Why don't you come out and play? Why don't you come here instead, he asks, asking, adding a tone of mockery to his voice. I doubt you'll want an audience for your deaths. A bit late for that, one of the flanking Drakani laughs, and Izuku freezes when he hears a cut-off choke sob. He turns around slowly, fists clenching so hard they turn white when he sees one of the Drakani shaking a young girl with small golden wings on her back. Come out here, scum, and we won't harm her. The leading Dracane promises, laughter clear in her voice. Izuku glances between her and the girl, then takes his step forward. Ah, 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 leave the spear. Izuku drops his yari and takes another step forward, hands held out as if placating an animal. Give me her, and I'll let you have your shot at me. He bargains, darting between the Dracane. In response, they all... Just back away, leaving ample space for Izuku to come out into the main street. At this point, people are taking notice of them and stopping to see what's happening. Izuku growls softly and strides out of the alleyway, counting seconds. The Drakani holding the girl shoves her back into the alley, and Izuku has time to shout before they all lunge at him. Hide! One. He ducks immediately, striking out with a foot and punching one of them in the face. Three strikes of claws glance off his armor, and then they're all moving too fast to comprehend. 
One of them manages to nick him across the cheek, and the scratch starts burning. Two, three, four, five. Izuku glances into the alleyway, past the girl peeking at him from behind the dumpster, to see his Yari disappear from the ground. At the same time, the familiar feeling of it in his hairpin form pokes at the back of his head, and he spends a precious moment sticking his hand into his hood to pull it out. The fight is over as almost as soon as the Yari expands into its full form. Izuku goes from dodging and kicking to dealing with lethal blows that result in five clouds of golden dust. He stands there panting as the dust settles, and the crowd that appeared to stop watch bursts into applause. Good. Maybe they believe it was a performance piece. The little girl with golden wings barrels into his legs, eyes wide as she looks up at him. The gold of her feathers glint in the light, and Izuku sends a mental thank you to his father. Gold is often a sign from him, and this time it meant fortune was in favor with Izuku. You are so cool, the little girl praises breathlessly. Who are you? You can call me Bishimonu, Izuku tells her, patting her head. Let's go find your parents, all right? Thankfully, her mom is nearby, and just happy enough to see her daughter again not to question Izuku. He waves goodbye, then goes to retrieve his bag and change out of his armor. A few minutes later, Izuku comes out of the alley and continues his way home. You're a bit late, his mom calls from the kitchen when he closes the door. Did something happen, dear? Just some jacane. Don't worry, Izuku yells back, pulling off his shoes. He pats through the house to the kitchen and gives Inko a kiss on the cheek. I'm going to go change out of my uniform. All right, dear. Don't forget to clean that cut. She pats his shoulder and then lets him go. Before he can close his door, she calls like an afterthought. I put the UAN mission form on your desk. You should fill it out. Izuku lets the door close without an answer. The form is indeed on his desk. An innocent pack of paper. Izuku walks over and picks it up. Yue had been his dream when he was younger. It was where All Might had gone, and it boasted the best hero course in the country. But younger was the key word here. He had his fair share of heroic activities, even if it wasn't in the sense that quirk society was used to. Quest didn't, has... Quest didn't happen as often for him as a Japanese demigod, but he had been on a few. The quests had left him tired, even at 14. Heroes were a large part of society. Did they really need one like him? The staple holding the packet catches the light of a window and shines gold for a moment. Izuku rolls his eyes and picks up a pen. Fine, fine, dad, he mutters, jotting down his name. It can't hurt to apply, I guess. The staple shines again as Izuku huffs out a laugh. Oh, I love this fic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so, so, so much. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, it's just so good. Please, please go read the rest. It's so worth it, especially if you're a huge fan of Percy Jackson and My Hero Academia. And if you're not a fan of one or the other, you'll probably get into one or the other. <laughs> it's so good. You should read this fic because the plot is interesting. Deku's dad is adorable and is actually understandable. And if you're a fan of the Percy Jackson series, it's a god 
like Poseidon that actually has a relationship with their demigod child. It's great. Deku also forms a super cute relationship with Toshinori, aka All Might, and it's just a super cute relationship, and I love them, and oh my gosh, it's just so adorable. Also, Aizawa is a demigod, and how cool is that? Also, the Ethan mention that runs the JoJo. Yeah, that's Ethan Nakamura from the Percy Jackson series, and it's pretty epic that he runs that! I love it. 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 With this story, you get Percy Jackson vibes from the writing style and the plot, but you also get My Hero Academia vibes because of the actual plot that's happening and just the characters in general. So it's like a great mix of these two fandoms. It's just like the perfect crossover. Not gonna lie. It's just it's just perfect. Everything about this fic is perfect. Please, please go read it and give the author love. Please. All right. You guys can find me on TikTok as Ear We Are Art. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube as Ear We Are Arts. You can find me on Instagram as Bluebell Erin, and you can join my Discord server. I hope you have a great day and have a fantastic time reading. Mm-hmm.